0: Kevin Markwick.
1: a clue what's going on in that record (laughs) and the uh uh, see it's a good start i'll tell you what let's start the music so that was actually i'm in love with margaret thatcher which is a very difficult uh, sentence for me to say if i'm honest from the uh who was it oh the non not sensibles in 1979 i think we got quite a bit of punk one way or another tonight so welcome along it's the kevin markwick show thank you to uh, adrian corbyn for the previous two hours of soul loveliness and we got two special guests for the price of one this evening hiker bachelor is that right did i say it right oh thank god I was really nervous about that, these things. And Andy Heathcote. Two acclaimed local filmmakers. Did you see? If you saw the Moo Man, you'll know. And a lot of people saw that around here, didn't they? yes! Yes! And so they picked the music tonight. We got uh, all sorts of interesting stuff Jackie Wilson, um, Johnny G, some uh, film music from the lives of others, Casablanca, The Station Agent, The Man Who Shot Liberty's Valance. No, Liberty Valance. That's a completely different film. That's about soft furnishings. Television personalities. Sham 69. <laughs> Yay! even some uh, David Bowie but we're gonna start with the skids Suburbia from the Skids in, what did we decide, what year? I think that was about 77, I've oh, right? got the list. One day, one day I'll put the list in a proper order when I have guests in. But I don't, I just kind of randomly, uh, what was it called?
2: Sweet Suburbia.
1: Sweet Suburbia. Oh, there you go, 1978. Is that 78. what you said?
2: 78, 79. Yeah, 78, that'd be right,
1: yeah. That was He was on Top of the Pops the other night.
2: What, Richard Jobson? Was? Yeah,
1: the old Top of the Pops, obviously. Yeah. Uh, into the Valley, that was... Uh, the one I remember them for. So welcome along to the show, much. Andy and Hiker. So what have you been up to? You, um, let me say, how, how can we can introduce you to the listener? Um, filmmakers, documentary filmmakers.
2: Yes, yeah. We made a film last year, or finished a film last year, called The Moo Man. Yes. About a local farmer called Steve Hook
1: and his wonderful farm and his wonderful cows. And he's down in Howsham, uh, isn't he?
2: Yeah, just outside Halsham, yeah.
1: Um And it went everywhere. It did, it did.
2: Uh, I went to Sheffield and I went to L.A. What? <laughs> yes. Did you do, did, do
1: the I'm L.A. Convinced Fest?
3: I, I, I had the short straw. <laughs>
1: did you do L.A. Festival? Yes. The one downtown? Yes. Yeah, and that's quite good, that one, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic.
1: I mean, it's a kind of strange area, but it's... Um they get good audiences, really, really quite good audiences. And you did well, Sundance as well, though. Come on, you're being a bit coy here, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, no, but you're going to see <laughs> you
2: just ring off a big list of things. But, yeah, it kicked off with a world premiere in competition at Sundance. Yeah, which and is then, a big deal, wow, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. It's yeah. you know, for us, it was like a, out of the blue for us mm. as well,
1: really. So it was a huge did you change. just kind of put it on the pile?
3: No, we kind of... Um Basically,
1: yes. Andy, <laughs>
3: but we, yeah, but we, Andy yeah. said, we basically, after making The movie, we were totally skinned. Had yes. We didn't have any money because we sank everything in the film. Oh, right. So then Andy suddenly came up with the idea, there's a screening for the Sundance team in London and it costs 75 pounds. Oh, and I, I, see. I would like to put the film in. And I said, are you crazy? 75 pounds? We won't skin. get in that's, there that's anyway. A, that's,
1: that's, so let's
3: go for dinner instead. <laughs>
1: that's the chocolate that's the chocolate budget for the week yes.
3: <laughs> <Chocolate> <laughs> budget, that was,
2: it's like when you've just finished a self-financed film after four years like mm. that, that is that's the toughest
1: time you just yeah that, I mean, just that requires an enormous amount of uh, willpower doesn't it
3: yeah well it's yeah it kind
2: of it's, you're spreading a bit thin for the last
1: year or two I should think you are I mean, but al- it, it,
3: also we just thought it's just no way at all that we would get into Sundance competition, no. or into the Sundance Festival
1: so you did the screening or you didn't do the no, screening? no we did just we did. did. Andy yeah, con-
3: insisted right, no. right. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> apparently from what,
2: from what I hear so British Council had a screening of uh, films that this year's crop yeah. the Sundance, nobody had heard of us so they put it to the back of the pile huh. they had a bit of time left at the end of the day so let's shove this on then and uh, they started watching it
3: couldn't finish it because they had to catch the plane
2: (laughs) insisted on taking it with them and then uh, couldn't watch it on the plane but couldn't wait to see the end and then uh, got back to
1: got back to utah or ellie wherever hq is i don't know so well, they have an office in los angeles don't they yeah, yeah, i took a yeah. short film in there once and they did i was sort of proud of my here's my short film that i have prepared for your sundance entry business procedures and they literally just said uh, yeah just put it on the pile over there <laughs> <laughs> that's why i asked you if you, if you just put it on the pile and we're lucky. i don't think anyone who goes on the pile is ever going to get the film in a, in a festival like Sundance.
2: Uh, I mean, we, we were pretty close to just being on the pile. I mean, we went mm. to the British Council, which is a good thing to do. Yeah, that is a good range, thing, yes. Range screenings. Mm. But, but, I mean, there are artists, like, because our, our first documentary film, which was called Lost Blood of Mr. Hardy, Yes, which was, very, was very, very good, small yes. film, But they got in touch and said, can we have a copy and have a look? Oh, they did. They didn't even
3: reply, you know, which I thought, oh, they're very good. They seem to productive. do a really good job to source independent
1: films. So, well, yeah. Because it's it's kind of yeah uh, you know, I have been and it's a bit um, there is a danger isn't there that Sundance has become a kind of genre in itself particularly for, for narrative f- fiction I mean yeah, um, yeah and not so much the documentaries do break out of Sundance a bit don't they didn't send a wasn't that a uh, Sundance one my thanks
2: no because working title it wouldn't be, would it no it be, it that's and, too one the shoe non indie kind of um, <laughs> Adopted, I suppose.
1: But. Yeah, well, it's a burgeoning market, which we'll talk about in a moment, so what are we going to do? We're going to do some Jackie Wilson, I think, yeah, and then we're going to go into a break, and then we'll come back.
4: Mm, the closer you get The better you look Baby The better you look The more I want you When you turn Touch me, baby The deeper your touch The more you thrill me greater your love, the stronger you hold me, baby. The stronger you hold, the more
0: I need you.
1: Brilliantly evocative music from Withnall and I, by David Dundas. Oh, and put your microphone out. there. You go. <laughs> Is that who it was? All right. David Dundas, do you right. remember? Jeans feel... on in the seventies. Yeah, in exactly. hey, yeah, the morning, yeah, yeah. in right. the morning, I put on my jeans. I and I feel right. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's listed as uh, David Dundas and Rick Wentworth. The music. Extraordinary film, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on again the other night. and was it? it get, yeah, it gets funnier every time I see it. But, you know, I didn't like it for the first year.
2: Why? Because I was a student at the time, yes. and there's something about it that just kind of... I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit... I was a bit of a snobbish student at the
1: I've, I, A lot of people I know that um, were kind of anti... How can I put it? The sort of uh, dowdiness of the British film industry kind of you know wouldn't go near it but actually it's just so funny oh
2: but it's wonderful
1: and you know if you just it's a bit like the people who go the smith oh i'm so depressed no that, no you're not that means you're not <laughs> listening are you you're not <laughs> listening to what he's saying and uh i, I always felt that about with no if you if you don't yeah i don't know but it's not not you're not as big no fan, maybe i should
3: give it another try but andy tried to show it to me like how many years oh, ago seven eight times. years yeah. ago
1: yeah yeah i was
3: new to the uk and i just didn't get it Sorry. Yeah, but that would
1: kind of makes sense because it has that sort of grubby sense of desperation about it, doesn't it? Absolutely. That is very British. Yeah.
2: yeah, but then, but then, but then you go to the Lake District and you have Uncle Monty and you have Uncle, this, yeah. this
1: th- But even that's grey and desperate and sad, isn't it? it and is. It is. you know, I mean to have you, boy, even if it is burglary <laughs> and all this kind of.
2: <laughs> Does it? Do you think it works in, a, in the U.S.?
1: I don't know. I think uh i actually i don't know whether it's been a hit in the u.s i think it's bruce robinson's only real hit isn't it yeah because he did. went on to make yeah. that thing about the guy with the talking boil
0: mm. how
1: to get ahead in advertising mm. not mm. great and yeah. then he had a terrible uh time in hollywood making jennifer eight that thriller with um uh you know kill bill what's her name uh um, B- Uma. Uma. Yeah. Uma thurman yeah. And then he said he wasn't going to make any more films after that, because it was such a terrible experience. But, um,
2: but then there's so much autobiography in it. I it?
1: think that's the thing. The script yeah. comes from a place so deep within himself, doesn't yeah. it? That it, it rings so true. is it him and Franco Zeffirelli? Was as, it? As Uncle Monty. Uncle Monty. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, it must be, outside of Monty Python's Life of Brian, it must be the most quoted film in yeah. British film history, yeah. mustn't it? yeah. yeah. There's a boy, I used to weep yeah. in butcher's <laughs> shops. <and> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of.
3: Mm-hmm. It seems like I have to watch
1: it again. No, you absolutely do. And it, yeah. I think it gets funnier every time you see it. Yeah. No, and there's the no drinking game, of course, which mm. um, was, uh, is interesting. You're supposed to, every time they drink in the film, you're supposed to drink. And uh, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone's ever got to the end, have they? Uh, 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 not still standing. No. <laughs> But again it captures that I mean that would seem where they go in the pub towards the beginning, that whole when British pubs didn't put ice in anything and it has that kind of that beer that really, you know, unappetizing, didn't it? And But it's the, like I think it's like it's a world that's lost. it's really like Get Carter, you know, and they the Yeah, I think so. And it also it's the juncture of I mean often successful films like that are because it captures a moment when things are about to change, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And that's it's very what, much
2: about that anyway, you know, explicitly, yes. isn't it? Yes. Kind of yeah.
1: And it has that it, poignancy you know. about, you know, I I not that, you know they're not even necessarily sad to see those times go yeah. but it's um we didn't take a light with it when we played it it was an absolute disaster <laughs> oh, really? yeah i think it's one of those films that that's caught up in time yeah and probably recouped in time because it was uh it's
2: quite it was quite culty for years and
1: years yeah and years it was was I mean, I mean, it film like four it. wasn't Definitely. it yeah. yeah it was a film four it was one of the early film fours right and um yeah we played it to nobody and i just couldn't understand what have you got to do to get them in Right, we're going to go some Johnny G now, because we're going to talk about Jim Jarmusch after this. Uh, 20, yeah, we should have time for that. <sighs> OK, here we go. You can't catch
5: every train Some of them elude you Or walk in every field Or tread every path A comic always smiles, a dancer never trips, a singer hits his note, but I can't be a star. My physique's all wrong, I never felt the part. Now I just sing along To records that I wish I'd been on I want a dressing room I want a roadie A great big mixing desk And I'll be a star no more skin told me I'll have a big boodle Loads of flash clothes Loads and loads of... But I am not a big pop star I play in a pub on Tuesdays it pays for drinks and facts And gives me some small amusement You can't catch every train Some of them elude you
0: walking walk
5: in every field
1: Or tread every path Johnny G, You Can't Catch Every Train, which I'm getting my wires crossed. I thought that was from a John Wish picture. It's not.
2: No, that was uh, something, a version of a track that we were had for our soundtrack for a punk film, What We Wrote, ah. called uh, Captain Kirk. Ah. And, where's uh, Captain Kirk? Where's Captain Kirk? By the. Uh, Spizz Energy. Spizz Energy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Last Days of Punk Film.
1: So uh, this script's still out there? That script's, yeah. The script
3: yeah. is the reason why we went into documentary, really. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Because <laughs> well, we couldn't reasons. get it made. <laughs> yeah, that's int- yeah, because it's um. So you two got together on that project, or you you knew each yes. other before that? Yeah, yeah,
2: that was a project we developed together. Right. Which was kind first of, project
3: we did together, really. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it
2: was. Which was uh, a, a last days of punk story. Yeah. Living in a small town in Norway. Realizing the world's not even realizing that punk's over, and just
1: kind of want to get on that. So, Echo
3: waiting waiting for punk to arrive, really. It's a lovely uh, brother uh, story.
1: Uh, oh, okay. So, um, echoes are with and all, actually, yeah, in a, a way. Call. That kind yeah. of uh, yeah. that yeah. Uh, what is it, Pink Floyd, uh, identified as uh, hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> really,
2: yeah, it's, it was a two brothers story rather than kind of with mm. and Marvel yes. Kind of thing
1: so do you think good vibrations may well have uh that's no, not really that's about the beginning of punk actually as opposed to the end of it isn't it it's
2: about half huff i so what was odd about good vibrations no it wasn't it's the same idea because punk kind of happened mm. and then out in the kind of small towns it meant something else really it was different from the kind of london thing it was um yeah um,
1: i mean i don't i mean it's indelicate to ask an age <laughs> 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 but i you know i'm 51 <laughs> and I'm my yeah, you behind me yeah just when you close ah, okay Catching <laughs> <on>. <laughs> but my in mean, my memories of punk were that um you know we were just slightly out of the because we were in a small town in upfield yeah. it's like you know didn't we like the music yeah. but didn't participate in the culture necessarily yeah and presumably you felt the same
2: yeah i mean we were funny well you were growing up in i grew up in dunfermline in
3: scotland
1: in scotland and heike we, you were growing up in
3: germany in bonn in bonn Mm.
1: So... There wasn't
3: much punk in Bonn. Not much
1: punk in Bonn. <laughs> I don't know, I can't Berlin. remember. It was in Berlin, I suppose, was it? Yeah,
3: Did there you? was probably something going on in Berlin, but Bonn is a very conservative town yeah, yeah. or city. So. But, I
1: mean, Berlin is culturally, you know, massively um, influential, isn't it? Particularly in that period. You're talking about Bowie and...
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah massively, yes. massively yeah.
1: influential. Um, and all Maybe that.
3: more internationally than nationally, I think at that time do you think so am i right
2: yeah no it was an island you know yeah, I mean, yes of course was, yeah because it was, it was, really it was
1: connected st-
3: to
2: Germany. Because mm. was actually the capital then yes yes and what's born now it's like a
1: i don't know thing. i've never been there <laughs> 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 but have you seen the um well i've got to do a break in a second but have you seen the um Twenty Thousand days yet no that's no. really the um uh oh. see <laughs>
3: Twenty thousand days.
1: Yes, it'll happen to you in a minute when you turn fifty-one.
3: Um,
1: you know, uh, oh the Aussie. You know, gosh, um, yes. people are screaming at the radio now, going, you know him, <laughs> the wiry no, Australian dude. pop singer that lives in Brighton. Oh no. Yes, thank God. <laughs> You've not I seen know that. Yet. what you talking uh, about. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Um, he lived in Berlin for well, didn't he? He lived in Berlin, very famously, kind of yeah. squatting, and there's great pictures of him living in this bizarre garret, isn't there, in, in, right. um, in Berlin, which are highly influ- influential in that period of his music, obviously.
2: Yeah. And he's in Wings of Desire. Is it Wings of Desire? Wings uh, of? Yes. Is it not, yeah. not the Bad Seeds, but there's a kind of...
1: Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are... Yes, I think they turn up in that, yeah. See, it
2: all goes round.
1: No. It I does.
3: lived next to David Bowie. Did,
1: Did you? Just
3: 20 or 30 years later. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs>
1: well, well, later. OK, no, you didn't pop, didn't pop round for milk or anything. No,
3: no, not anymore. I,
1: I, you know, I have to stop... Because I realise I'm on the radio and I have to stop myself doing impressions. I <laughs> have mm-hmm. <laughs> The wazza, wazza, wazza thing. OK, we've got to take a break because uh, that's what we have to do and we're going to come back and talk about roman holiday all right okay. yeah. That's the theme from Roman Holiday. By somebody. (laughs) I can't find it on my list again. Uh, Oh, Georges Ulrich. That's a name I'm not familiar with in musical scores, I have to say. So why did you pick that one then, Andy?
2: Because acts like vespers
1: is that what it is (laughs) no well that's disappointing it's not
2: that it's just such a gorgeous film i mean it's like the Audrey Hepburn's fantastic yes i think uh you know the Rome at that time Rome is just fantastic and no if you do zipper around Rome with Audrey Hepburn on the back of your Vespa can't be that bad we would spend the summer
1: no did he not seem a bit old I mean that was it because we showed it recently and it, it really stands up actually mm. it was beautifully and the, the the digital restoration is absolutely gorgeous it looks brilliant um, but he I mean he was quite old wasn't he Gregory Peck at the time uh, I
2: awesome.
1: guess it, I mean nothing's changed in that respect though has yeah. it because George Clooney's so young isn't he Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, and William Wyler directed by William Wyler yeah who yes. was we we're just looking at the list here extraordinary films that he what he made. Um, the Letter Little Foxes Mrs Miniver Best mm-hmm. Years of Our Lives I think that's probably my favourite mm-hmm. one have you seen that one guys uh, I've seen that no. a
2: while ago but there's something on that list I can't see your list but nah. there's a couple of other things on there that we
1: The Heiress well. oh that was good mm-hmm. with um, uh, Olivia de Havilland and uh-huh. um, who was the guy that died <laughs> 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 it doesn't help does it uh, the, the young, the young um, Montgomery Clift yeah, that was really good. Oh, nice. uh, detective Story, I saw that again recently. That holds up. Kirk Douglas, uh, Roman Holiday, Ben Ha Biggies. I Piggies. mean, really. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. Mm. And Best Years of Our Lives is the one about them, the guys coming back from the war. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way ahead of its time. Yeah. I mean, given that it was a, you know, effectively an anti-war film made in 1946, which couldn't have been, and particularly for a studio, must have been quite, <sighs> quite a tricky sell, I'd have thought. But, yes, there's something... Um, Wonderful about roman holiday that is uh i guess it's like a, a freeing isn't it of of the, because we've come out of that period of the war and uh, you know the sort oh, it's of d- really
2: innocent it's absolutely mm. well you know so obviously he gets up to a bit of skull dodgery isn't
1: he that yes kind of, um, i love that, that closing shot where he wa- he's walking away isn't he and he really i mean again he holds that shot for a very long time while as as he turns it because he sees her doesn't he she comes in and i don't know it's like the coronation or something and she turns and leaves the the cathedral, and he walks slowly, slowly, slowly back towards the camera. I mean, it's a good three or four minutes. Really? Did you get
2: it? Yeah. So you've seen it obviously a lot more recently. Than yeah,
1: yeah. It's really quite a brave shot. Yeah. You know, I mean, 1953. Yeah. Don't think. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to move on to. Um, give me the German title again.
3: Das Leben der anderen.
1: Ah, the lives of others. Amazing stuff. Here we go. Uh, that's part of uh, Gabriel Yared's score for *The Lives of Others*, which was the Academy Award winner, was it not for best?
3: Yes, international film.
1: Best film not in the English language. Yes, it's quite a
3: few years ago now. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it the
1: highest-grossing foreign language film? See, it's an interesting World word, World foreign film. language, isn't it? Because yes, yeah. out of the three of us here, <laughs> 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 it's only a foreign language for two of us. This you true. know, it's language an, it's, other than English. Yeah, well, that's what I, I think they've started saying now, isn't it? Yeah. Is that um, it's the uh, but it was an extraordinary. I, I, I find it. Do you find it incredibly moving? I thought it was. No. Well,
3: I, for me, it was a, a different. It is. It is very moving. It. Hmm. I think he's done a really good job. But I was also at the same time researching um, a lot about the Stasi and Yes, your are. film. Anyway, yes, 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 yes. And that's which why we should mention. I have watched it and thought. I've I've actually developed a um, another fiction screenplay uh-huh. at that time, um, and then I saw Life of Others and thought, okay, no one will make my screenplay no. now anymore. Well, but I don't know. There must be a million a really stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, they d- yeah, but it
3: was too close. It was it was definitely too close. The film I was developing, topic wise. But then there was another a documentary came out of it because, I tried to I, I made a documentary called yes. Feind Berührung, Enemy mm-hmm. Engagement yes in Germany for German ZDF, broadcaster, and uh-huh. France 3.
1: And that's the one and about the two guys from...
3: about a Stasi spy who meets, again, the a former friend he has spied on, and the friend ended up in jail. Yes. So I bring those two back together. Hmm. So that came out of... That I actually tried to finance, I think it was in the year 2000. Right. And it was the first time ever that a Stasi spy, an, a former Stasi spy, talked or was willing to talk publicly in germany and i went to all
1: the broadcasters but no
3: no one wanted it but, no. then, life of but others. then comes
1: lives of <laughs> others well
3: and then suddenly they all wanted yeah stories.
1: Oh, okay because i mean yeah i mean the business is kind of littered with those sort of stories isn't it where you think oh i take that one but um i don't know because it was uh it is a, it, it must still be an extraordinary because it's not been explored that often in cinema has it i don't think that because it's so recent that's what I always find quite shocking about it, is that it's so recent, that all of those things that went on. And we went out to the Stasi Museum in Berlin, and it is extraordinary. This is only, what, 20 years ago?
3: Yeah, nearly 30 now. Is it nearly 30? It's
1: 25 years ago. I mean, it's very recent history.
3: It is very recent history, yes.
1: And um, they kind of covered it, yeah.
3: There have been quite a few films now, but I think if it hasn't been hadn't been for the West Germany, there probably wouldn't have been so many films. Right. Because it was mainly West Germans making films about East Germany. The East, because yeah. I think the East Germans haven't really found their, their voice yet. No. There have been a few films, but only a handful, really, about the topic.
1: Yeah, we had the comedy, didn't we? Um, Goodbye, Goodbye Lenin. Lenin. Yeah. Yes.
2: which was Which was what it. This was a brilliant movie? film. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was funny. That
2: mm-hmm. oh, was fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was, that was the first of a kind of wave of Quaker German films that for about four, three, four years. There was, like tons of them. Was the
1: educators as well, wasn't it? Oh, that was good. They all had him in him. <laughs> <laughs> What's Daniel his name? Brühl, yeah, Daniel Bruhl. Really, yeah. He's in everything. Yeah. He's good though. He was very good in the um, as uh, uh, you know, the racing car film. That oh, was I good. Seen oh, that, yeah. Have yeah, you not seen cool. Rush? Oh, that's good. Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. No, no, not <laughs> Jeffrey Rush. Is it Rush. good, really? Yeah. yeah. It, well, I you, I thought it was good. Okay. Um, most people. I mean, we took money with it. See, that's the wrong way to judge a film, isn't it? How much money did I take with it in my cinema? A lot. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's good because Mamma Mia is our biggest film of all time. Um, no, actually, no, it's not. Um... King species is will piece from the Oh, that's very nice. That's very
3: noble.
1: Well, it's very round here, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> 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 Let's face it. All right, so we're going to... Uh, oh, the, the ubiquitous Alexandre de Pla next, um, and the score from Philomena. Alexandra Day Platt's score for Stephen Freer's film, Philomena, which came out uh, the back end of last year. I'm sort of surprised you guys picked that one.
3: Why? Well,
1: didn't is, you like it? No, I kind of liked it. Is it not a bit conventional? Ooh, we're not scared by convention. Are you not? Uh,
2: well, it's like, <laughs> what, what, what is great, is, you always have preconceptions and you go and see a film, and mm. some of them stand up to those, and some of them surprise you. And yes. uh, I think we're both really surprised how much we liked Philomena, actually. It's great storyteller. I mean, Stephen no, Frears is it. a bit a hmm. bit miss, mess, not he? I think.
1: Stephen Frears can be, I think. Yeah. Did you not think it was a bit telly? That's More than cinema? Memory.
2: Yeah, maybe that's Stephen Frears. I don't Is know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a great storytelling.
3: No, I really liked it, I must say. I found it very emotional, unusually emotional for yes. for cinema. Okay. That's what makes it cinema for me and not telly. And I also loved the relationship between, um, you know, the phenomena and the journalist. Yes it's a really nice relationship, and it it was very subtle, but that's also a reason why I think it's cinema and and not t v because mm. it was really nice to observe this subtle relationship developing yes
1: no I, I can't disagree i I'd, I'd have got more, even more cross than he did at the end i think that's and I think that's what rankled with me it actually they, they 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 got away with it a bit. I mean, I guess the truth is they do get away with it, so that's why it, there's no point in making a fiction where they don't get away with it, because it... But that's it, why it stays with you, in a way, and that's
2: mm. you weird know, kind of filmmaker, as well, really, and you kind of think, ooh... Oh,
1: the ending it, becomes... Because uh, this is the problem with most films, is that they are uh, what I call sid-fielded to death, aren't they?
2: A bit too perfect and too much yeah.
1: closure. Well, yeah. certainly with mainstream movies, yeah. but, I mean, this was a movie firmly in the mainstream, wasn't it? Yeah. But I guess it, 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 allowed, it allowed a certain amount of ambiguity by the... Well, I suppose it wasn't amb- ambiguous, necessarily. But not as neat and tidy as...
2: Yeah, but it's just scarily contemporary. That's what got me about it, yes. really. It's like, you can watch Magdalene Sisters, and you can think of that as being...
1: Being in the past. A little
2: bit further away, whereas that one just is just very... And still horrific.
1: Still has consequences today. Yeah, I don't think I was moved, though, by... I, that's interesting. I don't think I was moved by Philomena in the, in the way you were no no i was too cross i, I wanted to punch all the nuns <laughs> <laughs> and i nice? cry at the drop of a hat in a movie i'm terrible yeah, i'm the worst blubber in the world right. Anger on one end and crying the other yeah saying they're very close <laughs> to each other all not <laughs> all right i've got to do a break and then what are we going to do when we come back i don't know oh well, let's do brass off. all right <laughs> There you go, special treat, the full-on album version of Heroes, David Bowie, 1977, I think. Is
2: that old? Oh, yeah. yeah it must be, yeah. Oh, it is, because yeah. it was in
1: that period, um, well, there were three, were there three or four Berlin albums? There was Heroes, Low, uh, and The Lodger. Were they the three Berlin ones? Low definitely is, yeah. Yeah, Low was, that was amazing. Yeah. Um... So, you're listening to The Kevin Markwick Show, and I'm here with uh, Andy Heathcote and Heike Bashier. Yes, that was yeah. very good. Is that good? <laughs> yes, Yes, good. I did.
3: <laughs>
1: <sighs> Explain to people, why is it a French name and you're German?
3: Well, basically, my ancestors were Huguenots from France, ah. and they went to Germany when they had to escape hmm. and just uh, plunged down at the, after the border, basically, in Saarbrücken. Ah. and that's where my ancestors come from
1: so and then you come over here and we mangle your
3: <laughs> yes and now i'm
1: bachelor <laughs> bachelor yeah well i was Which yeah it's mm. actually
3: funny enough in in germany they sta they stayed with the french name yes. whereas here they changed bachelier to bachelor okay in so it's impossible it, so here bachelors here are kind of slightly related to me some <laughs> 300 years ago
1: why is it no but don't they have l's in german is it well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh what are we gonna talk about? Uh off. I like that film. Yeah. That film? I have to say, I have to explain to everybody actually that what we've got here is a list of Andy's favourite films and the hike has missed out.
2: <laughs> yes. That makes me sound like I'm hogging the <laughs>
1: She, she well, not forth, forth, forthcoming yeah. on the list Yeah, but you seemed a bit re- Heiger uh, seemed a bit recent to, to send a list of favourite films
3: Or Favourite films who don't, don't have any music That's what's the problem Ah,
1: because of the documentary
3: Yes Why but do you I have a particular thing it.
1: for documentaries, do you think? Why Why would that be?
3: Why do I like documentaries?
1: Hmm. Particularly, um, I mean
3: I think uh, documentaries are sometimes I mean, p- stronger than fiction films mm-hmm. Even So, uh, the ent- I mean it's, we, we just started to make documentaries and now we watch a lot of documentaries, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, uh, But you're watching them, you're watching them because you enjoy them, clearly. And the ones yes, on, the, um, one, the ones on the list that you, you, you gave me were things like Cutie in the Boxer, it's which a I, film, I've yeah. not seen. Oh, good. That got an Oscar nomination. Did it? Spice. Yeah.
2: That was on in uh, Sundance, the same time as us. Oh, okay. And that's and the and one about
1: the uh, artist. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, who, partner, who's his partner, who's a painter as well, but he's the known painter oh, okay. in a relationship. And he's about 80, the main character, paints with boxing
1: gloves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to me, who just takes him to bed with me. <laughs> but it's, you know, I think that the. Because um, the whole thing about documentaries has been. Uh, the feature documentary, it, was, it looked like there was a new dawn, didn't there, when we had um, Touching the Void. It looked like there may be. Gold in them there hills, didn't it? We get that now and again, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. But and Beauty
3: and the, Bo- the Boxer is a really good example, I find, for it could also be a fiction film. It's filmed in the way, it's just an observation of this relationship between two artists, an artist couple, hmm. and it's filmed in the way you could have also just made that as fiction. So it's a very nice observational film. And, uh,
1: but presumably, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure this is a conversation you have with uh, all the idiots that don't make documentary films. But, you know, the concept of uh, directing a documentary, of, of actually, you know, you're not. Tr- things have changed slightly, haven't they? I don't think you're trying to make yourself as invisible as you were, you know, when we used to have fly on the wall documentaries that, 40 that years totally ago. It totally
2: depends on the style, really, and, and the subject and what's appropriate. I mean, it also depends whether you're telling a story that's already
1: happened or whether you're observing something in action. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, how often does that happen, though, when you're making a documentary?
2: Well, with us, we actually quite... Well, that's not true. Heikers, your film...
1: My really film is, is
3: uh, it's totally historic, so you kind of... It relies yes. on, um, on interviews and, and reconstructions, mm. really, um, through interviews. Um, and there's only a little bit of the meeting of... Um, yes, but how friends. much... I mean, in that film, they so, go to that
1: house, don't they, and they sit at the table yeah and they talk yes and did you film them doing that for the first time yes yes so that was actuality yes that yes. was actuality
3: that's what mm. i mean so there is actuality in there um but the movement obviously is much more observational you know yeah. that's I mean, all everything is... kind of just evolves in front of your in, in front of the camera
1: yes because you didn't presumably you didn't know those things were going to happen in that no, film
2: not at all not at all
1: but i guess given the subject matter there was a good chance some kind of drama would yeah, be involved well
2: kind of but, but it wasn't where we thought it would be we thought there was a really good chance in the moo man that the farm would have to pack up and we uh, kind of okay. thought that's where the drama was, go- was going, right. can this farmer survive this, is a, this is a farmer who wants to do the right thing and welfare friendly and hmm. you know, work with his customers directly and stuff be good to the cows and we kind of thought oh, I really hope he can survive but I'm not sure if it's going right. to really And that wasn't where the story went, really?
1: No, it wasn't. But there is, yes, there's a funny kind of serendipity. Have you seen the um, Queen of Versailles? Have you seen that documentary? No, no. Extraordinary film about these immensely wealthy American couple and their horrible kids. They live in this garish mansion in Florida, and he's a property developer. And uh, they're building their own house. This horrendous-looking house. And then... As the film unfolds, they start to go bust and they lose millions and millions and millions. But that is... Yeah, I mean, as a filmmaker, you must be... As a filmmaker, you must be... Yes! That's the jackpot. Yeah, yeah. But that that one's definitely worth um, seeking out. But So what are you working on now? What, what are you, are you, are you, is there anything imminent? Uh, I mean, given it takes you four years to shoot a cow film.
2: Yeah, no, well, yeah, it takes <laughs> another year to, to, because we self, self-distributed pretty well. Yes. And, uh, you know, we were taking it around, well, the, the UK as well as festivals around the globe. Yes. And that just, you know, that stopped us making the new films. This is the thing,
1: so, isn't it? That there's this new democratisation of uh, filmmaking is, um yeah it's great two-edged well, sword isn't it yeah
2: absolutely absolutely if you're
1: doing everything yourself yeah. then you you you're you're not doing the one thing that you're supposed to be doing
2: that you really want to do make films yeah yeah so but, what what but have you got coming to your up question yes um we from 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 the moo man we kind of learn a lot about um milk and dairies and stuff and you can kind of realize that uh big business in the supermarkets they've got a lot to do with not just stuff in farmers but also what we drink like milk you know milk is yes. adulterated in quite a horrendous way and there's quite a few illnesses and diseases which have probably got a lot to do with big business oh. so it's going to be an expose of um milk oh, yeah. and um, oh, okay and milk. So it's very international actually because uh, like raw milk which steve the
1: farmer Guma makes is yes which is incredibly tasty and go, yeah. yeah but you know naturally yeah but I've, but you know i've been brought i mean i was suspicious of it i'll be honest because we're brought up to be kind of slightly scared of that sort of or at least uh, you know when i was growing up in in the 70s we were bit that's because s- the supermarkets were doing have told you the- to <laughs> be scared of yeah, it scared. Yeah. and suddenly really you know pregnant it. women can't have it and yeah. cheese has got to be kept in the fridge and yeah. You know, all of these things and, and eggs and everything's bad. Well, that's the thing. We live in a world where everything's mostly bad for us, don't we?
2: We live in this kind of world of kind of zero tolerance as well when it comes to food. Hmm. As in food science. Right. Like there's a lot of natural foods that we've lived on for tens of thousands of years, which suddenly are like, oh, we can't have that. You know, like... Hmm. Oysters, for instance. Or really?
1: Yeah. I don't eat know. oysters on a regular basis, you're if I'm sure honest. I've no. no. <laughs> no. a dozen every Friday lunch Do you? Every day? <laughs> 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 okay. I'm going to play a bit of music. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to change the tack here. I'm going to play a bit of music from the Station Agent, because that's uh, kind of cheery and a, and a, uh, a lovely film, uh, and then we'll talk about that for a bit. <laughs> back there you go that was a sort of a trained sound that's part of the uh score for the station agent by uh, Stephen steven trask okay. again and are you familiar with that name no. shaking my head yeah okay yes it's not good radio is it <laughs> just to ask you a question and you shake your head what learning, um what a wonderful film though did you like that oh, i, I like did that i one. thought it was yeah.
2: great it's one of those films that came from nowhere I thought,
1: yes oh, it wow. did a few times actually yeah do you it. like that one hiker yeah. I
3: don't even remember it. Do you not? The little Bless
1: guy. You? Yeah, it's, um, mm. you know, uh, 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 oh, It's obviously, obviously not
3: one which stuck in my mind.
1: No, but it just, it was a surprise, it was a real treat, wasn't yeah, it? It was a yeah, surprise. It was, it was yeah. And it was directed by Tom... McCarthy? who yeah. who's actually an actor, isn't he? And he started to make... Yeah. And he made one after that called, uh, The Visited... No, what was that called? Oh, that was
2: really good. There was one in New York, a New Yorker one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. But it was a kind of real delight. I remember, cos I'm a, um... Uh, BAFTA member I hate showing off but and they send the films <laughs> are, yeah no nah, sorry sorry everyone and they send the films and that was one of the early you know it was they sent it on VHS early on in the process so it got loads of votes for BAT because they cleverly got it in really um, early that's a clever trick yeah it is yeah. a clever trick I know maybe maybe that's an inside thing that mm-hmm. people shouldn't know about but um so uh it's one if you've not seen this you should go out and find i'm just looking at some messages we've got because what i would like you to do is to get in touch with the show we are live um at kevin markwick on twitter we can go to the facebook page the kevin markwick show uh, we also have a thing you can interact with it's like a um if you go to the website upfieldfm.co.uk you can hurl abuse at me live and look at the back of my head and i think can we see you guys yeah, sort of, we see your knees <laughs>
0: Knees? Where's that camera? <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is no good And Chaney, who's a big uh, uh, contributor to the last two, three series of this show uh, Has tweeted, he's asked me a question Hi. That I have no idea what he's talking about He says, looking forward to the Kemark show Hoping he, or guests, which is you uh, Can tell me about Eve Libertine of Crass
2: I, I used to know the Crass a little bit because yeah. my mates were in a band when I grew up with called The Alternative and they went down to meet The Crass and they said, we like you so much we're going to help you get a record out so they brought a record out together about... Who? The, the, the Crass? Yeah. Oh, all right. the yeah. Eve team was part of the... Uh,
1: who
3: she
1: is steve Lindsay? yeah She's remember. famous Penny i've missed i yeah S- I, you, any idea how i've got no idea I, at all I, what's totally going on impressed.
3: here i have no idea at all she's nothing to she
1: do was with was the talking. splits or any of those bands because yeah, it sounds familiar in that in that respect because actually i saw that uh film she's in last week Ex- exhibition that's an extraordinary thing
2: exhibition no I don't.
1: uh what's her name's in it it's from interesting i Good. oh they were amazing yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but this is this is, this is rambling really. yep, rambling right. rambling around ramblin', ramblin', midnight <laughs> so perhaps Cheney might be able to uh, fill us in a bit so I saw her work on Saturday yeah that's interesting so uh, please uh, get in touch with the show ask us anything yeah <laughs> yeah okay so we're going to talk about uh, are we going to talk about something no I tell you what I'm going to do a break and then we're going to talk about Brassed Off okay. which is a film you like I
2: like Brassed Off um, a lot for me it's
1: like there's the full Monty and there's brassed Off right and my vote goes, goes to Brast Off, off. Oh, okay yeah. uh, my vote goes to Full Monty because it took about 47 and a half million pounds more <laughs> 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 that's interesting <laughs> so, but why did it why yeah. no see we would be here all night if we tried to work out why why certain films do because British films often uh, the ones that really hit big are, their success is disproportionate often to how good the film is, don't you think?
2: I do, but that magic, that sort of ingredient that makes that difference is a bit hard to,
1: to work oh, out. Oh, you sometimes. can't engineer it. Yeah. I know, I've tried. Let's yeah. do the break, here we go.
4: Well, I've been practising Rodrigo's Concerto de Ranjuez.
0: You are Orange juice to you? Why?
4: I'm a bit wobbly still.
0: Don't you fret, Pat. Wobbly be too good for this lot. Paul, music. Bernie, get her a stand.
2: Okay, everyone. All right. We all together.
0: Andy lad, are you with us? Poor lad. Still got your mind on that pit. All right, lads. Rodrigo's Concerto, Doris Dews. Two, three, four.
1: I think there's a bit of dialogue coming up i've sat on the punchline.
0: <laughs> she calls that wobbly
1: ah there you go the late great pete postlethwaite mm, really uh, yeah in um brassed off from 1996 would you believe Really? Right. and you're you going to turn your head a bit because i can't hear a bit off mic uh, wonderful i i i really
2: love Brassed off i think it's um, yeah it didn't it,
1: it's interesting because we were saying about brassed off for monty brassed off for monty and um, was it as good as a 4-1-T? I know. Think... <laughs> oh, come
2: on, stick your case. <laughs> yeah, what was the
1: difference? I mean, they were both about uh, kind of, they were very similar themes, weren't they? Very got a theory. similar theory?
2: You said you thought you started from the same script.
3: Oh, yeah, no, I kind of, once I had this theory that I thought actually they were, they both had the same idea and then they kind of split up and developed indivi- you know individual films yes. from the same idea
1: okay um, well the story i heard was that uh, i heard what do i know like i have inside information but um uh it wasn't a comedy was it from one two i don't think when it was written originally uh-huh. i think they kind of comedied it up right. in the rewrites but it was initially meant to be a much darker darker story
3: yeah that makes sense but i think it is it's a fantastic script and it's very well the timing is fantastic with yeah, the comedy elements in it. Yeah, so I think it's a really, really nice script. And it
1: is a massive crowd pleaser. The thing is, because one of the th- I'm, one of the things I berate it's the wrong word; it's too strong a word. But I think filmmakers should go to the cinema more often mm-hmm. and actually face or you know and see audiences, mm-hmm. because you know this is what we do. We 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 I'm faced with the audiences coming out night after night after night after night. That doesn't mean I have any particular or uh, special insight into what you should make and what you shouldn't make. But I think, you know, isn't it important to see how audiences react to your work?
2: Well, it's very important to see how audiences react to your work, but at the same time, you can not start... Well, I don't think you can kind of go there and say, I'm going to make a crowd-pleaser. You've got to make the film No, you can Because right. if you try to make a crowd-pleaser, you're going to dilute everything, really.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, was a surprise hit, let's face it.
1: It was. I didn't book it. <laughs> With the might of my business acumen, the... Um, Chat chap from Fox I mean, he didn't sell it he phoned up and said oh well, we've got this film about uh, male strippers in the northeast. do you want it <laughs> <laughs> I said well that doesn't sound like us does it nah <laughs> and uh, yeah I rude that was one of the one of my famous um, bad calls but it's funny but both that or, or a film about miners and brass bands I mean yeah but I suppose what they did to, to some degree they take their, do you not think that they're slightly softening the politics a bit as well
2: they're making monty. it sort of
1: palatable the politics of it is quite pal- made to, to make it more palatable yeah absolutely but what like billy elliot for instance you no. know
3: yeah but it's it's in the end it's an entertaining film for yes, monty it is. it's entertainment yeah. mm-hmm. but it does bring across the truth as well about the region and like you know in between the lines maybe you know it's not kind of banging you know no. on your head with it but uh it it still brings it across. But do you and think it makes cinema can change sniffle, anything? You
1: know? Do you think it can change anything? Oh. I know that's a big question to throw in at this time of night, but Isn't
2: it? Yeah, it can Yes, it do. I think we can um change our minds about things through cinema.
1: But it's cuz cinema is very reactive, isn't it? Cuz it takes time. To make a film you can't unlike television or you can't turn it around in six weeks and get it out into cinemas so there's an element of the reactive about feature films and even feature documentaries really isn't there where we're kind of reacting to what's happened rather than rather than trying to get, offer solutions for what should happen
3: <laughs> i think i think actually the the big advantage of cinema is that is that you can you have the time and space to kind of really get close to characters or mm-hmm. a topic or especially characters and uh, Once you feel emotionally with with someone you have another um, You just approach a topic in a different way afterwards once you've kind of um What's the gay cowboy film again? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: *Brokeback uh, broke mountain. mountain*. Do you think you that know, changed people's perception of gay cowboys? Yes, I think it did.
2: Because <laughs> yeah, but some issues just last and last. Whether it's kind of homophobia or racism or anti-Semitism, yes. and you know, slowly, 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 it's not like mm. those those, are, those aren't instant topics of you know of the moment. No, they, they go on and on and on. Yes. and kind of them, um, you just kind of hope you learn from the past as well as from now Hmm.
1: but you see where i'm i I mostly working and i'm a massive film buff and film fan but you know to earn a living i have to put on a film that i think people will want to see and you know sadly a lot of the time they don't you know they 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 don't want to see anything particularly challenging which you can understand because it's expensive it's an expensive night out but people seem to
2: enjoy the kind of pain of 12 Years of, of a
1: Slave that so was cool? an interesting one wasn't it particularly yeah. around here why why did that do so well I mean I thought uh, it was I don't know a, <laughs> I mean it was well, a fine film it's a brilliant film but mm. yeah, was, did what? you think so I didn't uh, think it was a you didn't think film. it was so brilliant well, no I thought it was torture well it was meant to be though wasn't it yeah, but why should people pay money to go be tortured
3: oh. but I find it astonishing how I mean horrible things mm. happen to these people in the film yes Yeah. and it, emotionally it left me totally cold
1: I, I, I'm sort of agreeing with you a bit. I can't say I was especially moved.
3: Yeah, no, but only
1: because it... it there's a, all right, OK. Uh, I think there's a slightly a thing abroad at the moment where um, sometimes films... Uh, Philomena, I felt, actually, was not dissimilar effect, where uh, you're thinking, well, as long as we, we've got Judy Dench and this gut-wrenching story, if I point the camera at her, that's going to do all the heavy lifting. And to some degree, twelve years of slave was kind of similar to that, wasn't it? In that, it, it, the material really was doing, you know, the work yeah, yeah. for it. I mean, sounds, oh God, yeah.
2: No, but it's it's, it's shocking, really. Yeah, it is. Uh, and
1: so you can let it run, really. Mm. It's not, yeah. I know what you mean. There's no, there's not much subtlety there. No, but then there's nothing subtle about slavery, is there? No. So, and we had we famously had a, a letter of complaint saying how you know. <laughs> We, we people from mid-Sussex do not want to come and see this sort of thing on the cinema screen. Again. Well, <laughs> really? You know, we were very upset and it was really difficult to watch. And I kind of felt, why well, isn't that the point? Isn't it kind of trying to remind you that actually these terrible things happened and we shouldn't forget that they happened?
3: No, I don't. This, yeah, hmm. I think it's a really important film to get made. And maybe yes. for the US, it's really important to look back at the history. And maybe that's the only way of looking back, you know, taking the first hmm. step, at looking back at the history is is in an, an emotional unemotional way,
1: hmm. no, maybe an if, unemotional if it, way yeah. to take a kind of cold view, take a more Stanley well, Kubrick yes. kind of detached huh. sort of eye on it, like he did in something like Paths of Glory, where it actually ends up being very powerful because it has this slightly kind of detached, detached view of what's of, of the of the word, of the so. of the narrative. I mean, almost I always find Kubrick's films have this detachment, but I find them incredibly compelling because of that. Yeah. I mean i you know i mean again it doesn't take the genius to work out that kubrick was a genius but you know that detached view i think yeah and i think you've got a point it can actually m- drive the point home maybe uh, because it, it it the the indifference of the eye watching it makes it more shocking doesn't it
2: it does but it's interesting because like both haiku and i always strive for kind of emotional storytelling yeah right? and that's the kind of System, mm. really.
1: yeah, but, but you should she have... should be detached though shouldn't you as a documentary filmmaker i don't know no not at all no? no no you're not just observing
3: i am always looking i think what what's the difference what makes cinema great is emotions that's mm. but yeah, of course I, I
1: i would absolutely agree with you
3: there are quite a big big filmmakers out there who don't thrive for emotions in cinema
1: do you think but so I,
3: yeah I think so there are yes well again but, it
1: depends I mean it's a big subject isn't it because you know transformers robots hitting each other I don't think they're looking <laughs> for an emotional response out <laughs> of you are they it's a you know it's a completely different set of uh, responses they're yes, they're asking for yes so how are we doing here uh, in 30 so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play actually we're gonna talk about perfect i think this is a perfect perfect film uh groundhog day this is part of george fenton's score it's called clouds <laughs> George Fenton's score for uh, Groundhog Day in 1993, uh, 92, uh, 1993. I win. I am Spartacus. Uh, I always think that's a perfect film. Discuss. I think it's wonderfully written, Phil. How difficult it would be to write that? Who just sat
2: down and thinks, so I'm going to
1: write this kind of cycle,
2: expanding cycle.
1: Well, I, OK, so... <laughs> My, my point, and, you know, you may disagree with me here, but, you know, uh, making a film is a very difficult thing to do, really. I agree. Yes. And to do it where, at the end of it, you feel that it has totally s- achieved what it set out to achieve. That's a really, you don't see that in films very often, do you? You always get well, it was good, but I didn't like that bit in the and no. I didn't like the and they could have done. But when you get to the end of Groundhog Day, you think they have utterly explored every possibility of this story. Yeah, it is, but it's just so fabulously, fabulously crafted as well. Yes, of course, but it's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It's it, it's never going to be in the sight and sound top ten, or perhaps it might be in fifty years' time. It should I don't be, know. It shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it should be because yeah. the craft of filmmaking is bloody difficult mm, mm, mm. and you know i don't mean oh whoa whoa is all filmmakers i don't mean that because but what i mean is to 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 to, to, to achieve 100 percent what you set out to achieve. i assume they did i'm making the assumption that um the director uh who died recently um ghostbuster man <laughs> uh, harold ramis yeah. i'm assuming you know that they, they they did uh they must have been you know pretty pleased with what they'd done I think The um, the Commitments is another one of those for me.
2: Oh right, Commitments, I'm not a fan of Commitments. Are you not, me? why? No. Why is that oh, not the perfect film?
1: Why should it be? Because, uh, I don't
2: know it's not because of ponytails is it um, I don't know, looking back it just annoyed me I thought it was a bit overrated at the time Yeah. and I just thought it was a bit like let's put the show on on the barn
1: kind of thing Yeah, I loved, but again I thought it kind of captured the essence of the creative process quite well as well that moment where they're all playing and they look at one another and they go, yeah. Oh, okay. I find that really moving, yeah. you know, just for that one fleeting second they've they've got it together and then of course inevitably, yeah, you know, at the moment of triumph it falls apart. And I have no music from the Commitments, so why I'm banging on about the Commitments, <laughs> I, I have no idea. So uh, I've got to take a break now and then uh, we got one minute and three seconds to decide what we're going to play next. Okay.
0: Okay. Go. Oh.
1: So we're going to talk telly for a bit and uh, I think you'll all recognise this one. Uh, Dave Porter's opening credit music for Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Is, has everybody seen that now in the whole universe? We were quite late, actually. Were
2: you? We, yeah, we only
1: watched it uh, this year. Did you rinse it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm we great, did. I did. I'm <laughs> used to that. Expression, it's yeah. a good one. My kids introduced me to it. Right. Yeah, you rinse it. Apparently, you watch. Yeah, like um, my son watched all five seasons in a week. Oh my God that's a lot that's dude that's Was that that's a man who needs to get out and exercise more isn't it <laughs> but um the anemic afterwards but do you think that i mean television really is quite american tv particularly is quite extraordinary isn't it at the moment
2: it is i mean what's that about is it money or is it time
1: there's time in it as well well you see time. that's what it is and it's the very thing you were saying hiker that um they've got the time to develop the story but also they've got the money to allow the writers and the directors to actually develop stories properly.
2: But there's quite a lot of what I love about it is there's an element of
1: simplicity in the sense of sometimes you may only have five or six scenes in an episode. Well, I don't did you notice with Breaking Bad how it's that the the time slows down. Once they realise they had a bit of a hit on their hands, Mm -hmm. they that the time begins to stretch in Mm -hmm. each episode, doesn't it? And we're fed less and less information as the seasons went on in each particular but, episode.
3: But it was from beginning on I thought it was quite conventional in some ways. Mm-hmm. It was very simple scenes. Yes. Very well developed characters. Mm-hmm. Very fantastic developed dialogue. So it was very conventional.
2: Yeah, but but at the same time it wasn't. His it was language it was none of this kind of short reverse short, short reverse short. You know, it always came, no. it took the trouble to to just totally absorb you in a scene scene in a very cinematic way. But somehow I almost thought its it's structure was quite theatrical somehow you know, in a positive way
1: yeah I guess the big problem I have with becoming you know as a massive cinema uh, person I don't like the feeling that the writer doesn't know how it's going to end that's something that uh, you know makes me stop watching after a while you know I, I, I rinsed recently well, I rinsed myself um, Walking Dead like first four seasons but I, I already suspect that you know all the time it's the biggest show that amc've got in the us they're not going to let us go are they they're going to keep doing it until they don't need to do it anymore and and, and i just think the writer needs to know how it's going to finish otherwise they mm. get bored i know you've sort of always got the feeling that breaking bad had a an end game in mind didn't you or was it that we knew it had finished i don't
2: know i don't know but i think what, what with breaking bad was every episode we just didn't know where it was going to go we thought what's, mm. uh, you know there's a setup. I mean, we were kind of surprised every single time, weren't
3: we? No, yeah. we, we try. we tried to do this kind of game, you know, it's like, pre, you know, foretell the next episode. You know, we can do this between us, and we were never right, it was always better oh, than okay. what we, we could have imagined, which I thought was good. The only, but the, then I thought it was, it was always clear that it'll end with him dying, though, I think. Do thought. you think so?
1: Yeah. Spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows that now, don't they? <laughs> well, oh, God. It doesn't spoil it no it doesn't it actually does. you're absolutely it right all. it doesn't spoil it mm-hmm. because all he was doing was st- I mean maybe that's that's the theme that's the staving off of the inevitable isn't it for all of us I mean he, he did his end was no less final than yours mine or anyone else he shot in the head no
2: but it's also the setup.
1: that's what it establishes the first five minutes yes he's it's doomed it's yeah. tragedy it's yeah. tragedy on a grand scale yeah. he's doomed from his, uh, his, his the minute he decides to go down that path he's doomed
2: yeah you've got a finite amount of time mm. your life's been a waste yeah what
1: are you going to do about it I don't know what do you think Andy what should I do <laughs> oh no you're not talking to me <laughs> we're going to go um, and so you need to do Walking Dead and you need to do did you do Sopranos uh, I
2: hate no. Sopranos no. is one of those oh, ones that. Like, you know I mean it's like is out there that I'm willing to believe is fantastic, but I just don't get it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: oh, nice! No, Sopranos is great. But that's why it's so surprising that we got into Breaking Bad because really? it's we we just never watched any series before that. The Wire,
1: The Wire, The Wire. But which, that was
3: just this, uh, the, I, the I, first I, series I ever watched.
1: Really? Oh, it's oh. good stuff. We're gonna go to westerns now. Hey. <laughs> uh, High Noon. Tex Ritter. This is actually the, um, from the film itself, because the other guy that had a big hit with it didn't actually sing it in the film. Fred Zinnemann's extraordinary. And I think it's the last hour, isn't it? Is in real time,
0: mm.
1: which is, uh, you know, an interesting thing. Here we go. This is High Noon. Do not forsake me.
4: Forsake me, oh my darling, on this our wedding day. Do not forsake me, oh my darling. Wait, wait long. I do not know what fate awaits me. I only know I must be brave And I must face a man who hates me A liar, coward A craven coward A liar, coward In my grave Oh, to be torn twixt love and duty Sposing I lose my foul heart beauty. Look at that big hand move along near in high noon. He made a vow while in State's prison, thought it would be my life or his I'm not afraid of death, but oh what will I do if you leave me? Do not forsake me, oh my darling you made that promise as a bride do not forsake me oh my darling although you're grieving i can't be leaving now that i need you by my side wait long We long
1: we Long There he goes over the hill I can't remember what happened in the end of that one, can you? Yeah. High noon. Yeah. Did he yeah. Did he win?
2: <laughs> he, yep. He did, he did, he did. Don't give it away. <laughs> It's
1: spoiler that's a new thing spoilers isn't it it's only <laughs> kind of become more recent people getting paranoid about spoilers I don't uh, know maybe,
2: maybe we all expect there's so much stuff around mm-hmm. and then perhaps in in them days the
1: came out once a week you know yeah you didn't hear of it you didn't hear but well, you know you didn't know then so yes you see them, you and now see with the internet. because I don't read reviews anymore because I don't know if it's, whether you agree with me but reviews now aren't oh, a lot of reviews They're just simple regurgitation of the plot it can be it's a bit scary which I why that's not reviewing a film I don't want to hear what happens in it I want your reaction to it I don't know how
2: much that's lazy journalism I think it must be because the press pack probably has like has all that stuff
1: in in. it story
2: and it's like because we realised that with the moon man that if you're not Careful! You've got to tell people. Please don't print that spot. Yeah, that last
1: bit at the end, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. don't, <laughs> No, that yeah. doesn't give anything away, does it? But so, as as esteemed documentarians, <laughs> and um you know what? If people, if someone's listening, are going, you know what documentaries? I haven't really looked at those much. What what should I? What what would I start with? Oh, start with. I mean,
2: I th- I, I do think Humph- Humphrey Jennings. Yes. The great Humphrey
1: Jennings. Yeah,
2: fires were started.
1: Yeah. 1942, yeah. 41. Yeah. It was, um, it was during the fire bombing of uh London, wasn't yeah, it? The yeah. Blitz.
2: Yeah. I mean some but some of those wartime docks, like William Wyler did one as well. Yes, yeah, the, the Memphis, Memphis Bell, Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh I think there's a couple there's quite a few hollywood directors came across and did documentary in the war wasn't
1: there uh yes there was there was in fact there's a new book just come out about oh. them called five came back oh. ah i could look that up and i could right. tell you and i could sound really like i know what i'm talking about um but humphrey jennings yes and the actually because we used to have this fantastic um uh the gpo film unit mm. in the uk which yeah. Made some extraordinary documentaries, sort of. Because yes. uh, the thing about Jennings was, because um, one of the things you put on your list, and I I've tried to find audio that I could use, and I couldn't, was the "Listen to Britain," yep. which I, I mean, if it, you know, somebody needs to go and remake that film with Dolby Atmos, don't they?
2: No, it's true. I mean, the, the, <laughs> you know, it's, it's wartime Britain. It's, it's tanks mm. rumbling through the extraordinary. Of yeah, teacups shaking mm. in the background, and uh,
1: but real actuality, real yeah. kind of feel for what was happening at. Because he's, he's a poet, he's
2: yeah, wonderful, yeah, really.
1: amazing stuff. Because um, actually, the first, do you know one of the biggest hits of all time, of, in cinema history was the documentary, and I'm doing Bunny Years here. <laughs> uh, the Battle of the Somme. Really? Yeah, that was really? like I think it's officially one of the most successful films in cinema history. Wow. Well, because you you, know, you couldn't uh, you know there wasn't um, there weren't even really newsreels during the first war.
2: Um, I imagine how sense censored they would be. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. So this and it was a recreation of the battle. I mean, it wasn't a documentary at all, but yeah. he's kind of sold it as a documentary, a bit like that. Bit in Apocalypse Now, you know, where he's going, go by like you're fighting, go by like you're fighting. So, but recently, there's been a, a lot of very good documentaries out there, hasn't there? That people should look at. Mm. Act of Killing.
2: Act of Killing is. Uh, Act of
3: Killing is definitely my favourite mm. of the last year. I,
1: we have yeah. mentioned cutie
2: in the Box. Yeah, that was my last. Uh, have you seen story. Blackfish?
3: Blackfish is. Yeah. Blackfish
2: is quite conventional, it's yeah. but it's mm. a strong, strong mm-hmm. story. You know, who doesn't like a killer whale? Or no <laughs> like <it. You> know, <laughs> until until after watching that
1: Who doesn't like a killer whale? <laughs> I know, but it's it's an interesting um, time for documentaries in many ways, isn't it? yeah i mean i just hope that I mean, it's a hard sell getting cinemas to
2: to put on documentaries and i think mm-hmm. i think people slowly are getting used to they're getting used to them because they enjoy you know i think when people take a punt take a chance yes But well,
1: that's the problem but that's a problem you know that's part of my problem is that getting people to take a punt on things yeah because whether whether i like it or not you know it's still a night it's cinema ticket it's a babysitter it's probably a pizza it's a Mm. you know it's still a reasonably it's a quite high commitment for people to to, and that's why you know a lot of the time they want to know they're going to like it is the absolute truth i mean i'm not sure with some docs whether the starting point is you're kind of a niche audience whether it's um, climbers for touching the void or or bikers no absolutely team, yes edge, you know. well we took a fortune with that um chasing legends documentary about the um sky uh um you know the htc uh, oh, cycle yeah, team okay. right all right in the oh, tour yeah. de france yeah. extraordinary because it's so niche yeah. that they will come from far and wide to see it in their lycra and their hats
2: but often if you've got those stories where you've got you've got an insight into quite a special world which is Mm. the thing what documentaries do very well really they
1: reveal the world yes because actually that documentary you 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 made you guys made the um hardy documentary that was i mean hypnotic i thought (laughs) <laughs> to to see this world, did it's you not? Oh, I mean, yes. not? no, not. Was it was. No, it was. No, I thought it was. I thought it was mesmerising because it showed us this world that you would have thought was long gone. This is about the they're the last people, aren't they? Making um, this is about craftsmanship. Craftsmanship, yeah, craftsmanship. yeah making yeah. fishing fish, rods, fishing tackle, yeah, yeah, as yeah. fishing tackle specifically yeah. and, and, and fishing rods, yeah, rods and yeah. reels, yeah. Yeah. which is not doesn't strike you as the most um, what's the word uh, commercial <laughs> prospect for a film, but it was just. Yeah, well, it, is based,
2: I thought it was but, lovely. I mean, our, our kind of we we came to the decision when we, that was the first documentary feature we made. but mm. We kind of realised we thought, oh, this is a world which is really uh, quite interesting, uh, yes. and, and it's gone on for over more than a hundred years. But mm. we also knew there was an audience there, yes, it's not a mainstream audience, but it's no. big.
1: But you've sold quite a few DVDs, I would hope, on that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's still going strong, actually. Yeah? which is which, is, which is well, you
1: should again. I mean, then it's not yeah. going to age, is it? And presumably they're not going to be here forever. <laughs> No, that's a terrible thing to say. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> but it's uh, okay. Well, we'll do a bit more Western music. This is Claudia's theme from Unforgiven. Bah. Screaming Jay Hawkins put a spell on you Which you've chosen, guys, because... Because of Stranger in Paradise, Jim Jarmusch's Jim, I've only just really started getting into Jim Jarmusch And you
2: say that was his first film first film. And that, For me, that was, that was the first film I went to see and
1: I thought oh, yeah, that's,
2: that's a film and it's not expensive And it's really quite a simple story But God, that's so cool as well Yeah,
1: the first one I saw of his was um, uh, Broken Flowers That's how late I came to the party So, uh, we're pretty much out of time actually, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this, because it's like, (laughs) hang on, here we go, it's like the Uber documentary, it's a boring thing for me to do, Uh, Asif Kapadia's um, film Senna, which... In terms of box office alone, <laughs> kind of set the bar very high, didn't it? It's a really good film. Oh, it's a great film. It's a great film. It's yeah. very well put together. And yeah. to make
3: a film just out of material which is there, I was very impressed.
1: Yeah, and they, because they did actually um, shoot, uh, I think I said, I think Jerry and I talked about it a bit. Um, they did actually shoot all the interviews. That's why there's a DP listed on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but then, they didn't the, use them the, the, no, yeah. because the, the, the material kept coming and coming and coming. Yeah. And, um, just absolutely extraordinary so um thank you guys thank you Hiker and andy that's no been pleasure. absolutely brilliant it always goes far too quickly we'll do it again and we'll choose hiker's favorite films this time <laughs> so you horning in fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah thanks very much for listening everybody uh, i'll leave you with the god center theme i think we may played it last week as well with chris it kind of comes up a lot um and uh please don't forget to pass on the fact we can uh, podcast this you can uh, and everyone that listens to the podcast hello there. i love you too and get in touch with the show at kevin markwick or kevin markwick uh show on twitter or anyway really it'd be really good to hear from you anyway um i think i'm on my own next week so uh back to the normal service will be resumed anyway i love you all and i'll see you next week